0: what's going on man welcome back to the basement i'm ron and we had a bunch of football games yesterday which means it's time for me to hop on here and give you guys my top 10 fantasy football takeaways observations lessons learned from the games that we watched yesterday on sunday now we have a lot to get into today so let's not waste any time if you enjoyed the video make sure down below subscribe leave a like let's go Thirsty thirsty trying to choose. I mean I know i cool. my, my Now I just want to get out ahead of it. You guys roast me every single Monday, Ron. We're tired of hearing the Jets talk. We don't want to hear about the Jets. We're here for fantasy football. Well, guess what, fellas? We lose 10-3 yesterday. We're not talking about any Jets. We have no fantasy football players to go through for the Jets. I am done. Not done with this team, but I'm done with the quarterback. I'm done with all of it. So I hope that you guys can respect my silence on this Monday. Now, when we talk about our first takeaway here, we have David Montgomery, who it pains me to say it might be a league winner down the stretch here, like he was in 2020, where I I believe it was Jonathan Taylor and David Montgomery who both gave you like 20 points per game over the last five weeks. You have David Montgomery here, who without Khalil Herbert, who's now on IR, is just an absolute workhorse Bell cow, whatever you want to call it. He was the RB6 this week. He had 21.1 PPR points, 17 carries, four targets, over 100 total yards, and a touchdown. He operated as a true bell cow with 80% of the snaps. He dominated on third downs. He dominated in the two minute drill. He had 77% route involvement, which is elite. We won like 60% plus, which gets you into like the Eckler Kamara conversation. He was out there in all phases, demanding touches all while leaving for a little bit with I think he had like a suspected concussion for a second so the usage is going to be crazy for as long as Chloe Herbert is gone the offense is going to score points for as long as Justin Fields is there and this defense is bad I hate to say it but as long as Chloe Herbert is out David Montgomery will be a top 15-ish running back rest of season with upside for more than that especially if he runs into those NFC North opponents like Green Bay like Detroit who are soft against the run now we'll also talk through chase claypool while we're on the bears here it's really really weird uh how he's kind of struggling to climb this depth chart his first game with the bears he was fourth in routes but they made it a point of emphasis to get him the ball he ran 16 routes and got six targets in that first game with the bears since then nothing has really came from chase claypool at this point he had 17 routes yesterday third on the team behind Equinemius St. Brown, which is really tough, man. If you can't beat out Equinemia St. Brown, I really don't know what to say. Only two targets on the day. Just not really good. I mean, maybe he eventually climbs up this depth chart, but I would say if you have Claypool out there, you can probably drop him at this point. Now, we also have the Eagles passing offense, which I wanted to go through with the uh, injury of Dallas Goddard. He's now on IR. And as much as I hate to say it, I had Dallas Goddard in a lot of places. So his absence hurts. Uh, I hope he gets healthy, but this passing offense is probably better for fantasy without Dallas Goddard because Jalen Hurts is still going to get his points on the ground. He still has two really nice wide receivers, one of them being A.J. Brown, the other being Devonta Smith, and now that there's one less mouth to feed and it can just be this really concentrated passing attack on A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, and then Jalen Hurts on the ground, you have now sort of elevated these fantasy options where Jalen Hurts had 16 rush attempts, his most since week four. He's probably likely to scramble a little bit more with less passing options here. And all of his passing uh, attempts were really concentrated on A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. A.J. Brown had a 28% target share. Devonta Smith had a 36% target share. They both combined for a 64% target share of this passing offense. That's how it's going to probably look moving forward. We're like 60% to 65% plus of the targets will be going to just these two guys, which means Devonta Smith is probably a firm wide receiver two option rest of season. And AJ Brown is a firm wide receiver one until Goddard comes back. And it kind of probably pushes them back from like firm to probably like fringe wide receiver one, fringe wide receiver two area. Now our third takeaway is with no Jalen Warren, Najee Harris is back to an elite workload. And it's definitely interesting because it, it probably tells us that, the Najee Harris fall off here has probably been a little bit more to do with Jalen Warren than it's had to do with Najee Harris being awful. Uh, Jalen Warren is gone in what was once like a 60-40 split. You'd assume that if they still wanted to spell Najee Harris and wanted to keep his touches low, that Benny Snell would just come in here and probably assume like 25%, 30% of the the snaps. That was not the case at all. Jalen Warren left in the first quarter after three snaps and Najee only left the field after that three times. He played 67 of 70 snaps without Jalen Warren, which is a, ni- a wild 95% snap share. He also had 21 carries and six targets, which would be, or 20 carries and six targets, which is the most opportunities that he's had in a game all season. We don't know how long Jalen Warren is out for. Uh, I believe it was a hamstring injury, which means it could linger. So. As long as Jalen Warren is out, Najee Harris is a pretty firm RB1 if he gets this kind of usage where like you know, you're know you at 20-plus carries, 5-plus targets in a game. It would be really difficult to not at least give like 16, 17, 18 PPR points per game with that kind of usage. Now, our fourth takeaway is Gabe Davis is kind of a target earner. If we look at this last stretch that he's been on, it's kind of been quiet and under the radar, but the big debate with Gabe Davis this whole offseason was... He had like a 10% target share on a per route run basis. He was more like 16, 18%. And it was the stats guys saying he can't command targets. And it was the, I would say reasonable people saying that Gabe Davis isn't going to earn targets at a really high level, but he has a role. Downfield doesn't need a ton of targets. 18 to 20% will do. And you just get the efficiency of a Josh Allen offense and massive, massive spike weeks. But Gabe Davis has came out here in the last four games and has really started to command targets here. He had a he has a twenty two point four percent target share over his last four games, which is really strong for Gabe Davis, just considering the kind of efficiency he sees from Josh Allen, where those targets are usually all the way downfield. If you can get Gabe Davis seven to ten targets a game, knowing what spot of the or part of the field he operates in, uh Josh Allen is his quarterback, that's a lot of fantasy points that he could be in store for right now. He was at twelve point four percent target share over his first over his first five games hold up jeez yeah I don't know why my voice won't hold up but with Gabe Davis here pretty much what I was saying is that he was at 12.4% target share through his first five games since then he's at 22.4% target share which is really really good he did have a quieter day yesterday where he only had five catches for 68 yards but having seven targets is huge for him It only takes one target for him to get to the house. So if he can sort of sustain a 20%-ish target share moving forward, he's pretty easily a wide receiver two rest of season with huge, huge spike week potential. Now, the next takeaway we have here is Ramondre is still a fringe RB1, even with Damian Harris back in the mix here. If we look at kind of how things were divvied up yesterday, on paper, it seemed like it was pretty close where... Damian Harris actually ran really well efficiency-wise. I think he had like 60 rushing yards on like maybe 11 attempts. He ends up with 11.3 PPR points. Ramondre ends up with 14.2 PPR points. And on the box score, it might seem like it's a pretty even split, but it was really more 75-25. You have Ramondre playing 76% of the snaps. Damian Harris, uh, uh, 25% of the snaps. Ramondre dominated the third down and fourth downs. Across the board, Ramondre still dominated this backfield he had 15 carries he had six targets that's 21 opportunities he ran around 79 percent of drop backs again we're just looking for 60 percent plus he's featured in the passing game he's still seeing work on the ground the usage is great the jets are a really tough defense to run against or even score against in general they hadn't three points on the board and yet he still c- scored 14.2 ppr points he had one play that was so frustrating where uh, i think it was like third and 18 he catches a ball in the flat makes like three jets defenders miss and somehow gets a first down he is just really really talented i don't think bill belichick wants to pull him off the field even with a healthy damian harris i think it's probably gonna be like a 65 35 split moving forward where Ramondre is still very much a must start every single week even in that setup now our sixth takeaway here is the rookie wide receiver report and these are every rookie wide receiver with 10 or more targets this year sorted by their route participation in week 11 and first up we'll talk about Garrett Wilson and Drake London they both feel like they're in the same boat clear wide receiver ones where Garrett Wilson is now at 96% plus of the routes in his last two games Drake London of course has been the main guy all year they're commanding targets they have a strong PFF grade the issue is, is that they're not producing a ton in terms of fantasy they're not super efficient because of quarterback play because of bad offensive environments I'm still very bullish long term in terms of dynasty I think both guys are like top 12 dynasty wide receivers at worst it's just going to be shaky for redraft because quarterback plays inconsistent for them, pass volume is inconsistent for them. But again, long term, very very strong bets at wide receiver. Now, uh, we'll talk about Pickens here, who he had a solid day. He had six targets, four catches, eighty three yards, one touchdown. I think the box score was a little, little bit better than it really was. He was efficient, uh, two point zero two yards per out run, marks just the second time this season in a game where he's been at two yards or better yards per out run, which is in my book elite. The issue is that he's still not commanding targets, 14.6% target per outrun. We really want to see 20% plus. Uh, it's nice to see the efficiency step in the right direction. The issue is that fish efficiency isn't all that sticky. It's really more commanding volume. That's a lot more sticky. And he hasn't really shown the ability to command a like 25% target share. Uh, don't take this the wrong way, but in terms of long term, like, he feels like a Mike Williams-type X wide receiver. And I'm not, like, I'm not talking about, like, early Mike Williams where he was, like, a clear bust or anything. I'm talking about, like, present day slash last year Mike Williams where he's going to have his spike weeks. He's going to have these spectacular catches. But I'm not sure he ever has a season with, like, 25% plus of the targets as, like, the clear wide receiver one in an offense with, like, a top 5 to 12 season at wide receiver. Now, those are lofty expectations anyways, right? That's, like, stuff that, you know, like, AJ Brown does, uh, like CeeDee Lamb is doing this year. Uh, Devonta Adams, all those guys. Like I'm not sure he has that in his range of outcomes, but I do think, you know, high end wide receiver two with spike weeks is probably where I see him shaken out at. It's still early. Maybe he shows an ability to earn targets down the road, but it's just kind of from where I'm sitting, how I see it. Because it's clear that he's talented. He makes these like crazy catches and everything, but being like the featured uh, you know, running a passing offense through George Pickens, at this point I would have to see more. Um, We also have Alec Pierce here, who hits a little bit of a bounce back, Uh, 88.89% of the routes this week, which was his second highest of the season. He had eight targets, a 25% target share, all really good. The issue is that he turned that into three catches for 28 yards. So the production still isn't there. He's seeing more volume. He's seeing more playing time, but he needs to do something with it or else they're just going to keep on, you know, playing Paris Campbell over him, playing Michael Pittman Jr. over him, of course, and just funneling targets their way. Uh, We also have Jahan Dotson, who ran wind sprints in his first game back. 82% of the routes, only two targets. He has still yet to see in a single game this year five or more catches or 60 or more yards. He's really benefiting from that stretch in the beginning of the year where he just had like four touchdowns and kind of popped there. Uh, I think that's really what his public perception is right now. Outside of those touchdowns, in terms of earning targets, being efficient, producing, None of that is there. All he really has right now is that he is getting 80% plus of routes, but he's not doing a ton with them. Now, we'll talk about the man of the hour, Christian Watson. Uh, he saw a slight downtick in route percentage this week where he went from 91% of the routes to 77% of the routes, largely just due to Randall Cobb being back. I don't think it was a big deal. He's still balled out. 77% plus is still fine. Six targets, four catches, 48 yards, two touchdowns, 21 PPR points. Not as impressive as like that Randy Moss stat line last week, but still really solid. It's clear as well that they want him to be a big part of this passing offense. Aaron Rodgers trusts him as well. There was this one play where Rodgers had like a free play. I think someone was off sides or something like that, and he noticed it, uh, and he just lobbed it up for Christian Watson in the end zone to go get it, and he came down with it. It seems like he trusts him. Christian Watson's a guy where I really don't have a firm stance on kind of what this all looks like in, you know, after week 17, after week 18, what this looks like next season, but the upside is there. Where I have him, I'm probably riding him out in redraft. I just don't think you're going to get a, a ton in return for him. And in Dynasty, I only have like one share. Uh, so I just kind of like to, to ride it out and see what happens. But I mean, if you if you have like a ton of Christian Watson shares and you can sort of flip one into a Garrett Wilson or Drake London, I would. Uh, Outside of that, really interesting. He could be this year's, you know, Amon Ross and Brown type league winner. 23% target per out run on the season. Two plus yards per out run. All very elite numbers. PFF just isn't really a big fan, which isn't a huge deal. But it is something we like to see. Uh, still under 70 in terms of PFF grade, which isn't great. Now with Olave, I'm not sure why he played just 70% of the snaps or uh, of the routes. It's like his second fewest that he's played this season. His first fewest was when he was removed from the game with like a possible concussion. Saints rotated wide receivers in this one. Rashid Shaheed. Rashid Shahid led the team in routes, which is weird. I can't imagine that that like sticks moving forward regardless Olave was a stud. 5 catches, 102 yards, a touchdown. He is now at 25% plus target prout run, 2 plus yards prout run, 84 PFF grade on the season, just elite across the board. Olave's a problem. Uh the only thing that that's a little bit of a question mark for me is like what his ceiling looks like. Does he ever have like a top 5 season? But I think at worst right now he is a, you know, Keenan Allen type, uh Tyler Lockett type, you know, just perennial top 15 wide receiver. He's a hit at this point. Uh, which is really exciting. Now, we also have Traylon Burks, who had his much-needed breakout game here. Uh, that was also on the Thursday night game with Christian Watson. He had eight targets, seven catches, 111 yards for a 38% target per out run on the day. Just much needed. This was a guy who was losing steam, uh, looked good on a small percent of the routes early on, gets bumped up to starter status, flops, gets hurt, it's pretty much on a one-way ticket to possibly being a face planner and then he comes out here and looks great he now has a 22.8 percent target part run on the year uh 2.08 yards per run on the year we're really just looking for 20 plus plus and two plus he hits both of those uh pff is starting to climb a little bit on him too yeah 68.2 not amazing but a huge step in the right direction for him uh it just sucks nick westbrook akina has actually been playing really well so it's tough to for traylon burks to pass him in routes especially on a, a team at like the Titans that play a ton of two wide receiver sets but I think soon he's climbing that way uh, and hopefully you know he can kind of catch a touchdown be a every week starter in redraft formats or somebody you can flex every week uh, but it seems like we're trending that direction you also have Wanda Robinson which just really sucks man super heartbreaking for the kid 13 targets nine catches 100 yards on the day 39% targets per out run. He was sitting at 23% target per run in the season, which is great. 1.76 yards per run, which is fine. 70 plus PFF grade, which was, I think that's the second, or it's the fourth highest outside of the big three in Wilson, London, and Olave. Sucks to see. Tears his ACL. I wish I had something, you know, positive to say, but I don't. It just sucks. Uh, It's tough to say because he's going to come back from the ACL. This is a late ACL tear. It's tough to say how much he'll even produce next year. Uh, low ceiling slot wide receiver, just really, really tough. Uh, we also have Sky Moore, who on a positive note, hit a season high in targets, receptions, fantasy points, yards, route percentage, everything. Uh thing that kind of sucks is it wasn't due to his play or his talent. It was just that Tony got hurt. Juju is hurt. McCullough is hurt. Justin Watson ran the most routes for them yesterday. They had nothing at wide receiver, but he went out there and he produced. He uh, had the second highest PFF grade of among rookie wide receivers on the week at 79.8. Showed signs of life here. Looked good. Didn't cost and fumble and, you know, fumble away the game or muff a punt or anything. He looked good. He looked fine. Uh, hoping that this is kind of a step in the right direction. We'll see if this Kadarius Tony injury sustains. I think McColl is already on IR. Juju should be back next week, though. Maybe he gets into the mix more. We'll see. Uh, and then also we have Kolshakur, Tyquan Thornton, David Bell, which has just been more of the same from what it, we've seen from them all year. Uh, David Bell still not doing a ton. Kolshakur is just a rotational slot wide receiver at this point, and Tyquan Thornton is running routes and doing pretty much nothing with them. Now, our seventh takeaway here is T.J. Hawkinson's role in Minnesota cannot be overstated. It cannot possibly be overstated his role in Minnesota. He is now just dominating volume right now if we look at his time in Detroit this year he was at a 16.4% target share with only one game of nine or more targets which was the infamous uh lion seahawk game where he went off for like almost 40 points with the vikings he's at a 22.3% target share and all three of his games so far he has had nine or more targets which is absolutely insane he I want to say he dropped a touchdown or two. Some things could have bounced his way, but the volume is there. I think TJ Hawkinson pretty easily for me is like a top 5-6 to tight end rest of season at worst. Uh, We also have Antonio Gibson with some not-safe-for-work X-rated usage here. Uh, JD McKissick, I think it's official that he's out for the season. He has some kind of neck issue. And Gibson had just a 13-point game. Again, not really that crazy in the box score, but the usage is really strong. I do think long-term. Things are going to be great for Antonio Gibson. He saw 68% of the snaps, uh, so he's the lead back here. 46% of the rush attempts, which is fine. We would expect Brian Robinson to dominate those, or not dominate those, but be the lead back between the tackles. But 69% of the routes is really, really strong. 14% target share is fine. 100% of the long down and distance snaps, really good. 100% of the two-minute drill snaps, really good. 60% short yardage is good as well. Across the board, if this sticks rest of the year, Gibson is pretty easily... In RB2 rest of season now we also have Baker Mayfield the wide receiver one killer which is just so so tough to see DJ Moore is just not startable with Baker Mayfield that quarterback uh, and it sucks because PJ Walker has a high ankle high ankle sprain he's not going to be back anytime soon if you look at the splits it's crazy DJ Moore has 14.4 points per game with PJ Walker 8.1 points per game with Baker Mayfield this year 2.52 yards per out run anything over two is elite uh, so 2.52 with PJ Walker is amazing. 1.1 with Baker, awful. 32.3% target per out run. Anything over like 25% is really good. He was demanding targets with PJ Walker. Goes down to 19.2% with Baker. And when you kind of ask yourself, like, what is the difference here? It's one, uh, I mean, Baker isn't even marginally that much worse than PJ Walker. PJ Walker's had some real stinkers this year. Uh, but if you look at Baker, the issue is, is that he holds onto the ball so long and plays out of structure and re- refuses to look at his first read that, the target distribution is so much different in that kind of offense that's much more chaotic where he's holding on to the ball. He's not really taking the first or second read and he's kind of just trying to make something happen. That just leaves to him playing out of structure and finding a random wide receiver in places. Like I think they had a, a fumble with Shai Smith early on in the game. It just ends up being your quarterback throwing the ball to whoever's open instead of you know playing within scheme and getting the ball to whoever the, the ball is supposed to go on that given play so it just sucks for everybody uh maybe donald comes in i think that would maybe help a little bit uh again you're not really asking for you don't even need an average quarterback you just need someone that can get the ball to dj more within structure i think donald can maybe do that he looked good through the first few games uh last year and then just completely fell off maybe there'd be some hope uh we also have our last takeaway here which is like so funny just just puts this year uh into perspective of what this has been for fantasy, K Makers was the lead back for the Rams this weekend, and it didn't matter. He had 14 carries, highest for him since week two this year, second highest for him on the season, and he only ended up with 6.1 PPR points. The offense sucks, the offensive line sucks. Uh Stafford got hurt. Just an absolute mess. Again, uh Akers, I mean, it's good for him that, you know, he's I guess was the lead back in this game. It was really weird too. Darrell Henderson played the first four snaps and then got pulled off and yanked uh yeah it's just hard to have any firm takeaways here the whole Rams offense is just ugly man nobody's really startable at this point the backfield is a mess Kyron Williams is also out here which I guess is kind of a positive for him you know seven of eight third down snaps all of the two minute drill didn't really result in anything though seven carries two targets 5.4 PPR points just all around really really ugly for this Rams offense now that is going to do it for us today as always, if you enjoyed, make sure down below, subscribe, leave a like. I am going to go right up our waiver wire video t- for tomorrow. Hope you guys have good luck tonight in the Monday night game. Whoever you need points from, I hope that you get it. As always, I'll see you guys in the next one. I think I screwed up pressing the button. Hold up. I got the juice. I got the juice. Chano Chatham's on. Foolies glad I'm on Even my haters kind of glad I'm on. Rest in peace to my vagabond. Rapper, song, singer, suspended subpoenaed for misdemeanor.